0: Retropod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. On February 19th, 1867, an American gunboat returned to Washington's Navy Yard after a months-long trip to the Middle East. Among the sailors on board, out stepped a filthy young man in shackles. His name was John Harrison Surratt. He was the most wanted man in the entire world. Two years earlier, Surratt had been a Confederate spy. In a desperate bid to reverse the tide of the Civil War, Surratt conspired with a fellow named John Wilkes Booth to kidnap President Abraham Lincoln. The plot failed, of course. Instead, on April 14, 1865, Booth slipped into Ford's theater and shot Lincoln in the head. Newspapers across the country featured photos of Booth and Surratt under the headline, Assassins. Booth, as you might recall from history class, was hunted down and killed in a burning barn in Virginia. Eight of his alleged co-conspirators, including Surratt's mother, Mary, were arrested, quickly tried by a military commission, and found guilty. But Surratt, he was nowhere to be found, both physically and later in the pages of history. His remarkable tale in the aftermath of Lincoln's assassination is a footnote overshadowed by Booth's infamous act. Surratt was born in 1844 and raised in the small Maryland town in Prince George's County that bore his family's name, Surrattsville, though it is now known as Clinton. His father was the postmaster and also owned the local tavern where, hours after Lincoln's assassination, Booth stopped for weapons and supplies. The Surrats were devoutly Catholic slave owners. According to one of Surratt's old pals, his older brother fought for the Confederate Army in Texas. His sister, she was a ferocious secessionist and his mother was devoted body and soul to the cause of the South. Surratt took over as postmaster after his father died in 1862, but it was really just a cover he used the position to transmit messages, often regarding Union troop movements, between Confederate operatives up and down the East Coast. Eventually, the government caught on and Surratt was fired, but he continued working as a Confederate courier. And when his family moved in 1864 to a boarding house it owned in Washington, Surratt soon met Booth and other co-conspirators. The South then was losing the Civil War and that was a result Surratt and Booth could not fathom. But Booth had a bold plan. Kidnap Lincoln, trade him for thousands of Confederate prisoners and turn the tide of the conflict. Booth, Surratt and others went so far as to hide on the side of a road ready to ambush Lincoln on his way to a play. But the day they waited, Lincoln never appeared. Several weeks later, just after the South surrendered, Booth got his revenge on Lincoln, shooting the president while he attended a play at Ford's Theater. Booth took off on horseback with another conspirator. Witnesses would later testify that they had seen Surratt at Ford's Theater the night of the assassination and wanted posters went up searching for both men. But Surratt said he was 300 miles away, in Elmira, New York, on a secret mission to survey a prison where Confederate soldiers were being kept. Surratt said he'd learned of Lincoln's killing from a newspaper. Fearing arrest, he made his way to Montreal, then a hotbed of Confederate activity. Along the way, he picked up another newspaper. This time, his name was on the front page. Surratt spent about a week in Montreal, hiding out in his hotel room as American detectives scoured the city. He then escaped into the countryside, holing up in a priest's house. It was there that he learned his mother and several others had been arrested and accused of plotting Lincoln's assassination. His mother was hanged. Surratt eventually took off for Europe, living life on the lam under various identities and enlisting in the Pope's army. After eluding captors in Italy, Surratt was finally tracked down by authorities in Egypt. His trial was the trial of this century, that century, and it wound up with a hung jury. A judge threw out a second indictment because it hadn't been filed within two years of the crime. Surratt was free on a technicality. He disappeared to South America for seven months, and when he returned, he found a job teaching at a public school in Rockville, Maryland. Surratt went on with his life, getting married, having seven kids, and working as an auditor for a steamship company. After he died on April 21, 1916, the New York Times obituary said, Mr. Surratt's flight from this country and his subsequent capture and trial was one of the most thrilling incidents of the years following the Civil War. The story was buried inside the paper, thus beginning Surratt's second life as a mere footnote. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. This episode was adapted from a story written by Michael Miller for The Washington Post. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com Retropod.